Welcome everyone to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. I'm James. And I'm Michael. We did it. We did we not did. rehearse that, but it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out pretty nice. And better yet, we're all here together. Surprise. Yes, I'm in beautiful Chicago. 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 The windy city, if you will. Is it windy this evening? In fact, I am in a very high up Hyatt on the 33rd floor of 34th in a tiny itty bitty compartment compartment size corner unit. And all through the night, honestly, you can hear just it echoing and wind. It's it's not super pleasant, but I do love Chicago. It's a very pretty city. So that's Mm -hmm. my. Do you have a nice view? Of other tall buildings, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. And this, it's so we're all here together, and we're recording a mere hour apart from one another. So that's that's a this is the closest we, I think we have been on the t- same time as each other ever in our recording. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> we're so close. It 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 just means that we have less time to edit the podcast. Yeah, so, exactly. So we should probably get to the news. <laughs> yeah. And as we get closer to the holidays, so you may have that special somebody that you just want to get something for, something that's very unique, one of a kind, you may say. And I think I have the gift for you. Now, imagine if you're a console lover, maybe you love PlayStation, maybe you love Nintendo, and you just want them together. Well, that actually existed for a limited time. There is this one of a kind PlayStation slash Nintendo prototype that was made during the SNES uh, era, I guess, where Sony had been working with Nintendo to try to create a CD-ROM for the system. And they basically just mashed this thing together and it's it's hideous looking it's sort of like an old computer kind of dirty but it's very very cool because it is one of a kind the current owner terry diebold is actually taking offers he's said i'm interested i need to just get rid of this thing i want to sell it and he's taking offers and nobody knows what's going to happen nobody knows where it's going to go obviously people are kind of concerned because they they don't want a private you know, individual to buy this and then it just sits in their private collection. They really would like to have this either donated or maybe bought by a museum so that it can be for everybody to to see and and enjoy. And for somebody like me who never even knew this existed, I guess it would be kind of cool to see it in person. But we we don't know. We'll we'll keep you posted. But yeah, this exists. It's kind of cool. And I would love to maybe just see it myself even though it just kind of looks like a box <laughs> it needs to, needs to be in a museum or something i yeah. agree yeah it definitely I, needs to be in a museum i think nintendo should buy this they should put it in their new york city nintendo store on display to prove that playstation can in fact get along with other people <laughs> oh yeah no i would love that i mean yeah. obviously you know we're biased because we're we're kind of close to the store but i would love to see it there any of the stores really but just for nintendo be like guys you know playstation really isn't that bad at least they used to not be maybe they'll be be great again we'll see what happens yeah this is the first (laughs) co-play cross-platform system (laughs) or maybe or maybe what happened was playstation actually looked at it after the fact and they realized how hideous it was and was like yeah let's Mm. not let's not do that again (laughs) 
It'd be cool to if they <laughs> if they could hook it up and you could see it working, you know, yeah. see something running on it. That would be even cooler. But yeah, it exists and it, uh, it obviously it's one of a kind. So if you're in the market, get a hold of Terry and uh, make an offer. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of awesome things that Nintendo has created one of a kind <laughs> i guess one yeah, of one a kind, of a kind. That's yeah, what one I'm of a kind. For. reggie the person <laughs> that everybody loves <laughs> great segue <laughs> um he is getting inducted into the video game hall of fame with the lifetime achievement award so reggie i always mess up his last name is it phil zamay fees zamay okay um he has received the prestigious walter day lifetime achievement award um triforce who was apparently always first in line at Nintendo launch events, put forward the nomination. Um, so he's happy to be receiving the award in a year when Nintendo was being recognized for its efforts. And he also thanked the video game community for the love because everybody loves him. He's great. Um, the award itself is named after Walter Day, who is the founder of the American video game organization, Twin Galaxies. And I, it's so funny because, you know, I, I've been traveling a lot lately for work. And a lot of the times I go to places that are fairly remote. Well, this Hall of Fame, the video game Hall of Fame, is in one of those towns that I would go to. And it's tiny. It's a it's a small town. And I, I, I'm i excited to have to, if, if I have to go back to this place, because now I have a reason to go there uh, other than work, because I would love to see the video game hall of fame. I had no idea it was even in that town. That's, cool. it, it, that's amazing to me that it's there. And I'm excited for that. And now, as far as like you had mentioned Triforce, I had no idea this was a person I know. I'm not familiar. Now, Mots, did you know anything about this individual before they mentioned him in the video? Yeah, I met Triforce. Did you really? That's even cooler. Yeah. When I was in New York, I, I ran into him at the Nintendo store. Oh, that's so funny. What? I have that's a photo cool. with him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. Speaking of the Nintendo store. <laughs> that's so cool. That's neat. Yeah. It was one thing. It was, it was really random. I just happened to be there. It was my first time in the Nintendo store, and I literally just have a photo with him. Yeah, and it, it was always a long-going thing where he was always in line for first for everything. So, I don't know. Congratulations to Reggie. That's super-duper cool. I'm proud of you, mm-hmm. Reggie. You did it. Hit the We're big time. We're all times. proud of you. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess we have to go to now super sad, depressing news. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, one of one of my favorite uh, developers um, uh, of a lot of the Mario and Luigi RPG series, Alpha Dream, has officially filed for bankruptcy. This is super duper sad because I've played many of their games, including Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Partners in Time, Bowser's Inside Story, uh, Dream Team. Paper Jam, all of them are all made by Alpha Dream. They have a cool logo where the Alpha and the Dream, they kind of like mush together in like a blob. Uh, I love these games. Uh, and unfortunately, they went into debt um, of about $4 million uh, that started to cripple the studio. Um, they've been around since 1991. So they um, came from a team um, that 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 started this studio and uh, attracted a lot of talent from from Square Enix and a lot of other companies. And uh, it was kind of sad when I saw this news because they not only did the mainline series of Mario and Luigi, but also the remakes. And the thing is, I always thought that they were just a development house inside of Nintendo. I didn't actually realize that Alpha Dream was just a separate company that Nintendo worked with to make these games. So here is what Mm -hmm. I am saying. Nintendo, Reggie, get on this. Go to Nintendo. 
save them, go buy them, bring them in house. I mean, honestly, like these games are amazing. Go make that happen. Go do it. I'm kind of surprised that hasn't already been sort of announced. You know, it, it, it's it's amazing to me that it's even being filed for bankruptcy. And But hopefully Nintendo will swoop in. Now, if anybody was paying attention to anything Pokemon related recently, there was a 24 hour stream that happened. Now, I will say I love this idea. I loved the I, the concept behind it. I feel like when Mats and I were going to school, this would have been on the th- like projection screen in the theater for 24 hours, just people watching this Pokemon stream <laughs> in theory, right? Because that it it. it it was exciting. It was kind of cool. Unfortunately, it was one of the most boring things I think I've ever seen. And I and I will say I had it on typically on one of my screens off to the side and nothing happened at all. Nothing like, you know, there's a lot of Pokemon in this game. You could have had just some of them sort of kind of wander through, but they didn't. I think it was a beautiful marketing idea that just kind of was extremely boring and bland. I mean, they showed Pikachu or um, like Pikachu, you know, which, okay, um, of course that happened. One of the very few, the actual only one they showed that was a new Pokemon is possibly the Galarian version of Ponyta. And it basically is a unicorn with like, I don't know, like cotton candy color, rainbow sort of mane. And one of them started to glow. And that was cool. I mean, that was Ooh. neat, I guess. But it was the after 24 hours, that was all you gave people. And it. I, I think a lot of people were, were sort of bummed out about that. I think the potential was there. It could have been really cool, even if it was Pokemon we had seen over and over. But uh, yeah, uh, a glowing Ponyta was what we got. <laughs> I agree. They should have had like... Even a bug type Pokemon just like randomly crawling up a tree or something. Just stuff. Like, just, just have stuff. That little like, like little bit of effort. <laughs> I don't know. It was a it was a cool idea. Yeah. I, I like that, but I don't know. You didn't show anything for twenty four you know, hours. You know what didn't fall flat though was the memes that people made. Yeah, from that was it. pretty fun. <laughs> Where yeah. they were taking characters from other video games and like photoshopping yeah. them in. That was pretty I saw funny. like there some a lot from of good Steam World. I saw yeah. Untitled Goose was just in the middle and everybody's like, oh no. <laughs> It's been announced. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> you know, it's only a matter of time before Untitled Goose is in Pokemon. Oh, man. I uh, I did not watch this or didn't even know that it was happening, but there was, um, you know, the recap events and there's mm-hmm. live stream recap in four minutes. And I believe about 10 seconds of that video is actually showing that off. He did like go in a little bit to, like the shadow and a few other things that had happened. There's a few clips in there but yeah i'm I'm, i i like the idea it's kind of one that is those um meditation 24 hour you Mm. know channels Mm, yeah and if that's what they were going for i'd be into it because that's what it reminds me of this forest it's in this forest it has like mushrooms looks really cool but then things are moving around but if it was just music or a a 24 hour non-stop just random thing that would be pretty cool but if it's an event which that's what it I guess it was pitched as, but uh, very yeah. random, very random. It'd be very cool strange. if they had this as like a downloadable screensaver mm. or something cool. down the road. Yeah, yeah. that would be kind of neat. See, remember those like aquarium ones that they used to have or still have? I think my dad still has one. I could see this working. Like the music was very relaxing and ethereal. It was just like these chimes or something, um, which I liked. But I feel like it was more screensaver material than 
sit there and watch and wait for something to happen for 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we weren't sitting there watching the Pokemon live stream, we were updating our Nintendo Switches because 9.0.1 came out and it's officially live now this literally didn't do very much mostly for uh nintendo switch owners there were a few bug fixes in there i just updated my system but the bigger one which which again it'll be weird because it resolves an issue for nintendo switch Lite uh owners that during the initial setup tells you to remove the joy cons uh which I definitely did notice when I set it up, but then I ignored it because you can't remove your Joy-Cons because there are no Joy-Cons. Now, the issue again remains that, as I told Christina when I got my Nintendo Switch Lite, is that I tried to link it to my Nintendo account. And the issue is that to link it to the Nintendo account, you need to be on the newest software. So it pops up and tells you you need to update. So you hit, and it says to hit the home button. And when you hit the home button, it doesn't go home because you're in the initial setup and you can't update until you finish it. So you can't link the account. So unless, I mean, this will just be new firmware in which they are shipping on new, new units that they flash with it. But if you go and get one today that has nine zero zero, you're still going to see it. So pretty funny just in general, but you know, <laughs> always be updating. I say always be, yeah, updating. they're getting there little by little. <laughs> now we have some new news regarding a Mario Kart tour. We mentioned it, I think last episode and said it did some crazy 20 million in the first day or something like that. It has now hit 90 million downloads in the first week of being out, which makes it Nintendo's fastest growing mobile game. I, we're, there's no surprise. Obviously, I think many people were super excited for this title to come out, this IP, and they've been waiting for this. So congratulations to them. It's their fastest growing. It's actually six times faster than or six times greater number than its next best, which was Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Uh, in terms of the sales, I guess, and how much people are spending, that came in third in the first week where it did 12.7 million not terrible but you know it's third it's getting there as far as some other specs on it android has actually been more popular doing roughly 53.5 million downloads so 59 almost 60 percent of the downloads whereas ios got around 36.5 million of them and the app store players represent the majority of the gross which is kind of funny because they didn't bump the majority of the downloads and they did 9.6 million, which is about 75% of the revenue that was generated uh, compared to Google, which did 24.5%. Now, some of the other ones, Nintendo, or, uh, United States takes the number one downloads, which they did around 14, followed by Brazil and Mexico. So those kind of were surprising to me, at least. Hmm. And then United States led the pack for revenue, which, you know, they had the majority of the downloads. So there's no surprise there. And they did roughly 5.8 million, which is about 45%. So all in all, it is just being downloaded like crazy. And uh, that's great. So we'll see how much money it ends up making in the next, uh, within the first month. I think that'll be really telling. I think once the uh, free trial of the gold um, mm -hmm. pass goes off, that's where the money will be. And we will talk about that later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was surprised that Brazil and Mexico were second and third place and not Japan, which is usually the case. It's either Japan or U.S. or first and second. 
I was surprised too because Brazil yeah. and Mexico, in in all of the specs that we you typically follow, we haven't seen them sort of jump up into that level. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, big fans of Mario Kart there. Yeah. So moving back into more update news, it looks like Super Mario Maker Two finally had their update for the play with friends option. So version one point one point zero is now available. It adds the long-awaited option to play with friends online in either multiplayer versus or co-op modes. Uh, the play with friends option also allows players to select courses uploaded to Course World, as well as those that have saved to CourseBot. So the things the update adds to the game are new features to nearby play. It adds land play. Also adds a list of official makers in the leaderboard section that contains new courses and, quote, special ones created for collaborators or special events. And it also allows players to use the touchscreen and button controls when creating courses in handheld mode. I thought this was the most exciting thing because I we had a conversation on Discord with some listeners a month or two ago, and like one of the... Uh, subjects that came up was using touchscreen and handheld and how a lot of games didn't utilize that mm-hmm. and how personally I wanted to see that in more games because there are so many times where I'm in a menu and it would just be so much easier to just touch the screen and it's there why not use it right and it makes um, a lot of sense for this yeah absolutely especially like yeah because you're building something I kind of wish that in Link's Awakening the dungeon builder had touchscreen it'd be a little mm. bit easier yeah. Um, yeah so it was nice to see this finally coming out because they announced it um in this last E3. So, yep. Nice. Well, talking a little bit more about sales, I don't know why we put this after a different announcement. <laughs> We're back over at Sensor <laughs> Tower. I guess it goes in with other... The next one, yeah. The next article, yeah. So, uh, there's other mobile games put out, not by Nintendo, but in the vein of Nintendo, obviously, um, which is Pokemon Masters, which was developed by DNA, which also created Mario Kart Tour. So right in line there. Uh, Pokemon Masters, the game that we all installed and forgot that we installed. <laughs> but I'm bummed. Uh, it's, still, <laughs> uh, it's still doing fairly well in the Pokemon series, surprisingly. Uh, over in the Pokemon Masters area, it has not been out for a, for, for a full month, and it's actually doing extremely well. It's the number two uh, Pokemon game that has been done on mobile. Uh, If you remember, there was Pokemon Rumble Rush, which made zero dollars. Pokemon Magikarp Jump, (laughs) which made Magikarp money. Pokemon Duel, which we all didn't even know existed. Pokemon Quest, which we installed and forgot about. And then Pokemon Masters, uh, which has brought in $33 million in the first month, which is fairly good. Pokemon Quest brought in $7.6 million, which is astonishing. I don't even know what you could buy in that game. (laughs) Uh, But Pokemon Go which you can't put at the same level because it's Pokemon Go people brought in $302 million in the first month. Uh, that said, though, Japan here is leading the charge with nearly 60% of the $33 million, so about $20 million brought in there, uh, and the United States, number two, with 20% or so. But it's doing fairly well uh, overall. Uh, the average spend uh, is, uh, I think, what did it say here? Japanese players are bringing in about $13 per payload um, in general compared to the rest, which is like $3. So significant um, over there, just which is mm-hmm. quite quite crazy. But I love uh, Sensor Tower doing these articles, just kind of showing us um, how it works under the under the hood. So good for Pokemon Masters, and we'll see how it does as it continues to go. I'm not I'm not playing it anymore. I don't know if anyone else is. I know I made it like 30 minutes. 
Yeah, I, I haven't really been playing it. I started I didn't it. even download it. <laughs> and, and it's funny you had mentioned Pokemon Rumble Rush. I mean, that was such a like terrible launch when that happened because you had it on Android. It was not even on iOS for any like for for a while and then just recently i saw something and it made me think oh let me check and then it was there there was no announcements there was no anything hmm. so it was just such a drop ball for rumble rush i mean there was weird there was a beta but then you you couldn't really get into it i, I don't know i think that one was could have potentially had a little bit more but i think it made zero <laughs> like you said yeah come on pokemon but- company get on it yeah. Well, I think they're busy because we do have some more Pokemon news of regarding Sword and Shield. Now, there's been a lot of talk lately regarding, you know, saves and gyms and all of that. Well, they did say that there is actually, in fact, autosave now in Pokemon. Now, this was something that is great. It's great if that's somebody if that's something you want. But there was a lot of people that do not want autosave because whether they're trying to get the shiny legendaries or they're trying to get a legendary that has the right um uh like characteristics for them, they they were very afraid they would go up against a shiny or a, a legendary and either lose it or catch it and it's not right. You know, it's not what they want. So they can't load up the saved game that they had and then catch it again and catch it again and catch it again and basically just keep grinding until they get what they want. So this autosave is going to be able to be turned on and off, which solves that problem. If you're somebody that just says, oh, I don't really care. I'm just going to play the game and I want it to save for me. Not a problem. You totally have that feature now. And I think that is the best of both worlds. I think it's it's perfect. Um, there's been a lot of talk also about the Pokédex and how not every single Pokémon is going to be in Sword and Shield. And they did say that the the Pokémon that were cut from this game will be back. They're not going forever. You will see them again. We just cannot put 6 billion Pokémon in this one game because uh, there's a lot people don't care about. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but that's how I feel. There's a lot of crappy ones. So they they put in, you know, probably the vast majority. But if there was by some random chance, one that you just could not live without, fear not, it will be back in the future in some other form or some other game. Another one that I think I have mixed feelings about, but the game experience will be spread across all pokemon automatically so so if you're playing with somebody in your party uh you do not have to switch them out for them to get experience during a battle they will all get it equally whether they are part of the battle or not they no longer have to have the experience share item being held nothing like that and i i do think this helps to streamline it but a part of me also feels like this I don't know. It kind of makes it a little easier. You know what I mean? The, the Pokemon isn't the hardest game in the world as it is, but I do like the fact that there was strategy involved. I do like that there was certain things that, you know, went into you grinding a little bit and trying to like really level up these Pokemon to create the best team possible. And I feel like this sort of diminishes that a little bit. I don't know. I'm, I may be in the the minority here, but it just feels like it kind of, got watered down a little by this happening. So it feels kind of cheaty to me. 
it, you know, I like a I get what they're doing. Yeah, it's like a yeah. shortcut, I guess. Yeah. I and there is parts of when you had to have the experience share and ha- item and had to have, you know, maybe I'm leveling up, I don't know, my my Charmander or something, and I give them the experience share and I don't always throw them out in battle and they still got experience from it. It, it did take longer and it did make the game drag on a little bit, but you also felt like you earned it. Whereas this, it's just kind of like they just have to be in your party and they'll all get experience and that's that. I don't know. Hmm. Going on with that, they also want to make Pokemon more competitive, meaning you may like a a Pokemon, but that Pokemon isn't very good in battle so that they're just not, it's just not a good Pokemon to use, whether the its type is wrong or it's just not very strong, but they are playing around with this idea where they are going to make it so that those Pokemon or every Pokemon is going to be uh, competitive when it comes to battles. And again, this kind of goes with the idea of, well, is this kind of dumbing it down a little bit or making it a little easier when it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. But I think a lot of people have favorite Pokemon that they just can't use because they're not that good. So this is supposed to make them more viable, I guess. They didn't go into a lot of detail. They kind of kept that sort of hush-hush, but they said it's something they're they're playing around with. And just to be clear, there are not... 18 gyms this apparently was some sort of translation mishap or something got lost in translation there are not 18 gyms in this game which would be drastically different from the previous games but there are um major and minor gyms so it may add up to roughly about that because there's major and minors but every game has the same amount of major gyms as the previous games but they do have different minor gyms and those vary on the type of game whether you get sword or shield and i think that's kind of cool because that just further um you know it makes those two very two versions of the game more different right because typically you get one or the other and you maybe have a handful of pokemon that you have to trade now you also have different minor gyms that the other team that or the other game doesn't have and i think that's kind of fun because let's say mods or christina gets sword i get shield and i'm playing my gyms i can now see or at least have a want to see what well, well, I mean, what kind of gyms you got what do you what do you got going on over there and i think that's cool i think that's really interesting that they're playing around with making these so much more drastically different so we'll see how that plays out it, they haven't retold really they haven't kind of let on to what the minor gyms are and how that breakup is going to happen but i'm interested to hear more on that yeah it's a lot of pokemon news i mean i honestly oh, yeah. didn't even pay attention to anything and i'm just gonna <laughs> buy it anyway so autosave cool bringing back more pokemon cool Auto experience gain, whatever, don't care. Uh, here's this is my analysis. <laughs> then, Christina, you can do your breakdown. Um, more competitive, <laughs> awesome. Magikarp everywhere. Not 18 gyms. If there's not 18 gyms, I'm not playing it. Go whatever yourself, Pokemon company. I need all 18. <laughs> That's my breakdown. Anyways, I'm, I'm buying it, so it doesn't matter. Well, I'm buying it either way. Yeah, for sure. I I plan on getting Sword. Um, the auto save thing, whatever. I don't care about it. Um, the Pokemon being cut, we've already talked about it before. It's whatever it is, what it is. Um, the ex- gaining experience automatically thing, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, like, I mean, I haven't played any more recent Pokemon games, so I don't really know how much it'll affect me, but I know based on like playing Pokemon Go and stuff like that, it feels like it's 
not totally fair. I feel like if you're playing with a specific Pokemon and that Pokemon is fighting, to be fair to the Pokemon, <laughs> that Pokemon should get the experience. But I, I don't know. I, maybe that'll change when I when I play. Um, as far as being more competitive, I don't really understand what they mean. I just know that I'm going to get every possible evolution of Eevee I can get, and that's all I care about. Um, and as far as gyms, I don't know how many are in normal games, but however many they have in this game, cool, great, I'm in. <laughs> well, I like Mott's made a perfect example. More competitive is regarding like if you try to go into battle with a Magikarp, you mm-hmm. are going to lose. Magikarp had nothing but splash. Oh, okay. There was right. no attack. You know what I mean? So if they made Magikarp competitive, that would just be ridiculous. But it's something to that extent, right? So you have a Pokemon that maybe is not Magikarp, but it's a just lesser Pokemon, but somebody thinks it's cute or cool or whatever. In theory, that could be more competitive now. Or there's some some element of the game where perhaps... I don't know, you bring that Pokemon to a trainer of some kind and that beca- they, they get trained to become more competitive. I don't, I don't know how it's going to happen, but that's the idea. You, you could have a favorite that is your favorite and they're just not good, so you don't ever have them in your party. You're my favorite. Okay. What all did we pre-order? Mm-hmm. Michael, what did you pre-order? <laughs> I'm doing Shield. Christina? I didn't pre-order, but I want to get Sword. Uh, and I'm getting, <laughs> I just looked it up on Best Buy, I'm getting Shield too. So. Oh wow! Oh, a, we are in the minority, I will say, but I I think there's a genius behind that because if the majority gets sword mots, we have so many people to play with, True. and we could trade like crazy. So people will be look, they will seek us, they will be looking for the shield that protects, and we will be there. And I'll only <laughs> probably play with you both with both of you, so. Cool. Have two shields. You got so two many shields. shields to play with. So protected. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, uh, Michael and I we both talked about Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, apparently, it runs better on Nintendo Switch than it ever did on Xbox One. Uh, and yeah, we have it does. A few- <laughs> Boom, Microsoft. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> uh, so Thomas Ma- Maller. Last name sure. question mark. Um, uh, the director recently confirmed that this is due just to simply autom- optimization. So one of the things that they've been working on is the new game. So Will of the Wisp, which is 2020 bound, a sequel. Mm. Um, so they've been working on that and they made optimizations to that, like for that game. So as they're building Ori, Ori in the Blind Forest, they int- they implemented those into the the base of the, re- the Switch version. Um, so that's one of the main reasons why uh, it's running better. And um, another thing that people don't notice immediately is that the sprites were animated on Xbox One at 30 frames per second. But in Switch, uh, they're actually able to update the animations at 60 frames per second due to all these awesome automizations. Automi- <laughs> that's a hard word. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess it runs a lot smoother than it ever did on Xbox. So I'm glad I waited to to play it on the switch i guess not like i would have even noticed but no but it's gorgeous it is beautiful on the switch so considering that's what i will most likely be playing it on i'm happy it's i mean it's it's kind of rare that we hear of a port and have it been 
better than it, its original. So it's kind of nice. It's it's this is a a welcome change because we've had so many bad ports recently. So I'm I'm very excited about this. I think I think that's why the article stood out to me so much too because I had to read the title of it twice just to make sure that's what it actually said. <laughs> Well, let's talk about some other news in which ports will take longer and potentially not maybe run as smooth. (laughs) Nobody knows. Uh, The team, the Doom team behind Doom Eternal has put out a very sad, sad Twitter image instead of text. Just here's an image uh, with more words because you can only fit so much in a tweet. I don't know why I didn't do a blog post, but whatever. Uh, About Doom Eternal, it was supposed to come out, um, I think, in November or the end of October, and they have officially delayed it to some time in the future uh, is what they are saying. They are just really behind schedule. They want to make sure the quality is up there. They want all the things to be perfect. Um, That said, uh, they also said that those other versions, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, will come out at a future date and that the Nintendo Switch version is unfortunately impacted the most by this delay and will launch after the other consoles. So panic button Get your stuff together. Uh, so that's very sad because I am really looking forward to it. And that is, will be ported over and, and you'll know, we'll make sure it's good. For me, I don't necessarily say, care when games come out 100%. If it's a, like a year and a half later, then I guess I don't care anymore. But if it's a few months for it to be better, we don't want a, a bloodstained all over again. So I am fine with delays. But on the plus side, Doom 64, which was announced uh, not too long ago, is officially going to be available on March 20th, 2020. So 320, 2020. Uh, and as a bonus, if you pre-order Doom Eternal, which I'll totally be doing, you will get Doom 64 for free. Uh, so that's actually kind of kind of cool. Even though it's delayed, you can get a free game if you are still going to get Doom Eternal. So I'm into it. A little yeah, bit of good cool. news with a little bit of bad news. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. a Sour Patch Kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen those commercials. <laughs> you know, when they like she like walks in, it's like sour. No, she's sweet. Uh, in better yeah, news, in better news, let's just round this off um, with more Pokemon Sword and Shield news. Uh, you can now, or soon, I should say, buy an official Pokemon Sword and Shield jersey. They're super cool for Sobble, Score Bunny, and the other one that I'm gonna play as with the monkey um grocky sorry uh you can buy official jerseys uh, uh which are super duper cool um they are going to arrive in the pokemon center in london apparently but um um apparently you can also get them shipped to the continental us alaska hawaii puerto rico um so you'll be able to get them and yeah they look super duper good they're like a jersey like a sports team jersey in the color yeah. of soccer the monkey pokemon yeah. rocky grookey so have we um, we all discussed what um version we want to get have we discussed i know we is it locked in what starter are you getting grookey okay i originally wanted sobble but score bunny has charmed me uh. i have to say i really like him and plus that jersey looks way cooler than sobble's i don't like the blue and the yellow <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'm score bunny. I've been score bunny yeah. from day one. I'm fire type all the way. So that's that's my pick. Sobble is just too sad and depressing and just I'm going to torch that little 
It's a new or whoa. whatever it is. It's a water so type. Down. It's a water type. Sable. I don't care. Squirrel Bunny's going for <laughs> the win. But that's why I originally liked him. It's because he looked sad and I wanted to no. like yeah, that's, make that's, him. I wanted to no. give him a home. I know. And, that's what everybody but, says. And it's dumb. Yeah, but then no, I've Sobble's seen Squirrel Bunny. He's just so happy. He's hopping around. You know, I just I want to hang out with him. It, it's easy. He seems great. Listen, you people yeah. don't change whatever your starter Pokemon was back in blue and red. It's the same thing. Bulbasaur was my start. Obviously, we all know Char... Charmander was Michael's start. He can't. Oh, yeah. He's evil over there. He always has to get the fire type. <laughs> it's always fire. It's fire. It's so saucy. <laughs> it's always fire, but maybe that's strategic too because you're always grass type. So I always have to pick the stronger of the two. That's right. Because maybe, maybe because you guys, maybe Michael, you're going for Score Bunny. You're going for um. Oh, what's his name again? Grookey. Sorry, Grookey. Grookey maybe I should go with Sable. So oh, we each boy. represent. Bam. Bam. Equal battlefield. Maybe we yeah. should. Maybe we should let the listeners vote and decide Sa- which no. one I get. <laughs> uh, uh, Sable would make the most sense, I guess, if all three of us are getting them. So yeah. then covered. But I feel like that's a very personal decision. You have to. You have to have a conviction. You have to be like, this is the one that speaks to yeah. me. Like Mots is is that's Mots. Grookey is Mots. Like you, there, there's no other Pokemon for him. That's the cutest monkey of all of them. <laughs> And it's his grass type. It's true. It's a, like there's not even a choice. Two and one. Two and one combo. Yeah. He didn't pick that starter. It's it picked it him. Chose him. Yeah. Okay. What do you guys think I should get then? I don't I don't we, know. We can't tell you, Christina. We I don't, I don't have we a type. can't tell you. We just had this conversation. <laughs> we can't what speaks to you? The depressing crybaby sobble or the cool score bunny? You're not making I mean, it's it pretty easy. Pretty obvious. Jeez. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm think about s- it. I don't think know. about it. Yeah, oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's just let's move on. We'll <laughs> we'll revisit this at another time. Um, so now onto the best sellers of the week of this last top ten best sellers of the week. You guys, throw me off my game now. Um, <laughs> so coming in at number one, which overtook Link's Awakening, Untitled Goose Game. Honk. I saw this and I knew Moss would be happy. <laughs> um. <laughs> So yeah, second came Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Third, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. Fourth is Bastion, and it's 80% off for $2.99 right now, if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, fifth is Membrane. Sixth, Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of an Elusive Age. Seventh was Crypt of the Necrodancer. Uh, it's 80% off also for $2.99. Eighth is Transistor, also at eighty percent off for three ninety nine. Ninth is Ori in the Blind Forest, and tenth is Cuphead. And then a couple new games that were in the top thirty didn't quite make it to the top ten. Eleventh place was just Dragon Quest, and then fourteenth place was Dragon Quest Two. Hmm. So that's it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Did you anybody pick any of these up? I I already have like so many. <laughs> I have Bastion. I have Crypt of the Necrodancer, Transistor. I've got a, a bunch of them already yeah i picked well obviously i have Link's awakening <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah i picked up i picked up bastion and transistor when they were on sale previously maybe they, it was at the beginning of this i also had picked mm-hmm. up crypt of the necrodancer when it was on sale too so i think it's just the same sale again uh obviously yeah. i have mm-hmm. untitled goose game i still want star wars jedi knight 2 jedi outcast so i will probably pick that up because only ten dollars what a great game great yeah game. i know you were really excited about it when they announced it. so many games yeah so <laughs> now speaking of all of the games we we're, we're mixing it up a little bit this week and from here on out unless our listeners say no nay go back to the way you were 
But we think this is going to be a positive change. And what we're going to do, instead of listing out everything for every single day with its price, we're only going to focus on the games that we have interest and or will be buying. So that may cut down the list from 50 to, you know, four. And I think we're going to kick that off right now with Christina listing out what she likes. All right. Let's see. Yeah. So (laughs) I had to remember what color my check mark is again. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) So I was interested in Trine, the ultimate collection. Now, Trine for the Nightmare Prince is also coming out on the 8th. They're both coming out on the 8th. Um, I was a little confused, though, because is Trine for the Nightmare Prince also included in the ultimate collection? Yes. Okay. The way they worded it was a little strange. Okay. It was, but it, it does include it. Yeah, so trying for the Nightmare Prince by itself was $30, but trying the Ultimate Collection is $50, and you get all four trying games. And I've always been interested in just the trying series in general. I always thought it looked cool, and trying four looks beautiful. So for $50 for four games, that's like, let me do math, like roughly $13 per game. Free, basically. Yeah, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Um, Which is great value, right? So I, you know, if there was any time for me to play the game, now would be a good time. Um, so essentially, it's a 2D action adventure game, kind of like a platformer. I don't know too much about the game mechanics, and I know you guys both are also interested in this game. Um, yes. So I don't know if either of you can talk about the mechanics of the game a little more in depth than I could. Well, like you said, it's basically a 2D game, and it's from the majority of what I know of it, it's just that it's beautiful. It's a beautifully yeah. well done game. Um, it's some puzzle solving. There's some um, just action parts. But from the little bit that I know, it's just something I know I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that's like the the aesthetic of it is what caught me. It's very ethereal looking. Yeah, yeah we need to pick it up, too, because you play. There's a wizard, a knight and a thief. And it is kind of like a 2D slash 2.5D because it's a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's a 2D game, but it sort of pops out at you. It's 3D-ish. 3D-ish. So uh, I have friends that have picked up these games in the past. I really love them. But it's also online multiplayer. So I don't know why we all don't buy it and then all play together. One, because it's impossible. That'd be cool. It's like made for us. It really is, really. And 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 it's the same adventurers to like all of them. So you get to see them go. So it's probably one that we need to do. It's just one that I, like you, Christine, it's like I've always looked at and I'm like, I've always wanted to play this, but I never Mm -hmm. did. So... Um, maybe I'll buy it. And then another game that's coming out on the 8th, which I was interested in just for the fact that it's Halloween, it's spooky time, Call of Cthulhu, the game. It's $40 usually. It's going to be on sale for $36. But this game just looks all sorts of spooky. It's an RPG. It's it's very much so, um, oh, what am I thinking of? Like HP Lovecraft universe. So it's, it takes place in 1924. You are a private investigator looking into the tragic death of this family it's called the Hawkins family on this island called Darkwater Island. Um, so from what I can tell, it's just they don't really get into gameplay in the trailer or anything, but it looks like if you want to get the heebie-jeebies, if you want to play a game that'll just make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, this, this looks like it would be a good one. Yeah, I also had this checked too. And this caught my attention because I remember it being released last year for the Xbox and PlayStation. And mm-hmm. uh, it's actually inspired by H.P. Lovecraft's story, The Call of the Cthulhu, or whatever. So it is literally Cthulhu. 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 <laughs> 
Close. And, you know, and the review scores from those versions are like, you know, sixes and sevens. So it's not mm. jumping out um, on the Metacritic. But at the same time, I'm also not against it. It looks really cool. I'll be interested to see how the port does. I think $40 for me is a little bit much. So if there's a big sale, I'll put it on my wish list. Uh, but it does look really cool, at least from the trailer. It's, it's just like you said, it's spooky time. They released it on the 30th last year. So they're releasing a little bit earlier. But it has sort of some investigation and stealth elements. And there's also that okay. psychological horror aspect to it. And I'm into that. So, um, yeah, it's kind of cool. I may actually, so just because I'm interested in the game, I put a check next to it. But instead of actually buying it and playing it, I may just watch a playthrough of mm. it. Because I'm really, really, like, I am I get terrified. <laughs> I, what was the game, Michael, one of the first games I bought that I was telling you about? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to, let me look it up really, really quick. I may switch right next to me. But I remember playing it. And it's not meant to be a spooky game. But I was terrified when I was playing it. Just give me one second. I have to look this up and mention it. <laughs> um, uh, Oxen Free. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember mentioning that as like one of the new releases. I remember Oxen Free. Yeah, it was one of the first games I bought off the eShop and I played it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I could play anything spookier than that. And that's definitely not meant to be scary. <laughs> At least I don't think. Um, but anyway, so moving on to October 10th, I also checked uh, the Bradwell Conspiracy. Uh, mostly because it reminded me a little bit of Portal and the art style looked really cool. And that's basically the, the main reason I put a check next to it. Um, now, I know, Michael, you were also interested in this one, too. Yes, I like games like this. They're very atmospheric. They're mm -hmm. basically first person, you know, there's, it's a first person narrative. There's a lot of storytelling. There's a little bit of this odd feeling that you get when you play a lot of these kind of games. You know, you're walking around something, something has happened. You're trying to piece that together. And in this game, you, I believe you cannot speak. So your only way of talking to this other uh, whether it's a survivor or whatever it is, this other person, the only way you're able to communicate with them is by photograph. So you are walking, like walking around this environment, you take a photograph, you send it to this person and they tell you, oh my goodness, you have to get out of there. Oh, you, this is happening or that's happening. And I love that idea. There's games like Portal or Soma or you know any number of these Subnautica, that sort of world, that atmosphere that's created in a game sort of spooky and put you on edge i love i really really enjoy those kinds of games so when i saw this and it has you know like a sort of that feeling to it it was it was high on my must play list so yes that got a check for me cool yeah and i'm the same way anything that kind of has that not meant to be spooky but has like kind of eerie undertones i'm into as well yeah um, and then lastly, I had a, a very lonesome check mark next to this one. Doraemon's Story of Seasons comes out on October 11th. Now, originally when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is cute. It has kind of like a watercolor sort of effect to it. But it's basically like the Nintendo Switch title for, um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Give me one second. I'm sorry. Um, Harvest Moon. Okay. Yeah, so it's like a nice farming kind of simulation game. There's a nice story that goes along with it. Very cute story. Um, 
so yeah, I put a check next to it. I don't think I'll pick it up at $50. <laughs> Maybe if there was a sale for it, but I loved um, Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life on GameCube so much. It's the main reason I got uh, Stardew Valley was because it kind of had those same kind of feelings to it. I love farming. So <laughs> yeah, I uh, definitely put a check next to this one. Cool. And how about you, Mots? You got quite a few checks. So what do you got? I did. I decided, you know, since we're doing this new format, stuff that I'm interested in that I think people should check out. The first one is Asphalt 9 Legends. This is a, you know, high speed arcade racing game. This is a free to play with in-app purchase game. And we all know Michael loves in-app purchases. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Big fan. But, you know, this is something that I will check out because... It's free, and why not? And maybe the in-app purchases aren't so bad. Maybe, maybe there are. Maybe there's a gold pass. You don't know. You don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe. But, you know, this comes from Gameloft, and these uh, games have been uh, very, very uh, well done in the past on mobile, on on PC, uh, on everything. So it's worth checking out in general. Uh, I think that one's pretty, pretty cool. The one that I didn't think I was going to check and then I did check is this game called worse than death did did you two look at this game at all oh yeah yeah no one else looked at it (laughs) (laughs) oh i started to watch the trailer and then it had all of these amazing reviews and awards and things and i'm like i just can't not i guess look up more about it but it's an action adventure horror game which seemed to be right up christina's alley for spooky town (laughs) um it's it's supposed to be like about a high school reunion that's gone like terribly wrong there's action adventure there's like challenges there's um like 3d positional audio that's supposed to like creep you out uh i i don't know It, it 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 looks intriguing to me, I guess. It has this 8-bit vibe, but then also like hand-drawn. I think it's done by one developer, Benjamin Rivers. So that seems cool to me. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it's 8 bucks. So if what I can tell from... you know, It's a new release. It's, it's, it's out today on like PC2, so it's not a port. It's a yeah. brand new new release, and I always like that. So I don't know. I don't know, looks interesting, but could be terrible. I don't know. I did. I did like it when I looked at it and the fact that it was like 10th year high school reunion. That's this year was my 10th, 10th high school reunion or whatever. Mm. Um, so I was like, I can relate. Cool. But <laughs> then I saw the art style and I was not as into it anymore. It does turn me off a little bit. The art yeah. style, too. I agree. I agree. Uh, Just really want not an 8-bit style. I think the Switch can handle a lot more than that. And I would like to see games pushed a little further. I think it was cute and and novelty at first, but now I think I, I'd like to see more games that aren't in that direction anymore. It's like, like a Bibby and Tina at the horse farm this week. Exactly. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I picked another uh, 2.5D uh, platformer, which is Yuka and Laylee. Uh, ukulele uh, at the and the impossible lair which is like the sequel to ukulele which is a really cool platformer you play as yuka and laylee uh, hence the name ukulele uh, and you hop do all the things it's you know classic platformer stuff if you're into that good for the kiddos 30 bucks you can grab that but the other two that really caught my attention which i hope we get codes for uh one is valfaris valfaris i don't know how to pronounce this name but it's um, it is it, in quotes. This is what they call it: a heavy metal space saga. And this game looks 
over the top. Key features, ready? Skulls in space, gore in space, metal in space. That is what it, it is. Just like a nonstop 2D action platformer, ridiculous over the top, just like ridiculous music, like so cool. Just like, I don't know, bananas looks astonishing. Like I, I'm into this game. It's $25. So it's a little bit expensive, but I'm into it. No. Yes. No. I'm into it. No, that was not, not for me. Not for and me, it, I don't think. <laughs> oh, looks so good. It, it reminds me a lot of your next pick, actually. <laughs> oh. My next pick, which I could not be more excited for, BDSM, Big Drunk Satanic Massacre. This game is actually rated AO on other platforms, but M on the Nintendo Switch. This game is an over-the-top first, uh, uh, over-the-top, just ridiculous action RPG where you play as Lou, Satan's son. Uh, it is like um, uh, 2D, not 2D, but it's a top-down, twin-stick, over-the-top ridiculousness. Um, plays on all of the sartistical just ridiculousness. It's got, I don't know, it's it's stupid and ridiculous. I hope we get a code. I'm not going to buy it, but I hope we get a code. I'm glad this game exists. So. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Diablo. Mm, the art like, style. I don't know about, yeah, the art yeah. style, but it also, it looks like it's well made. Like it looks, like the art looks good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just absolutely. not into the story, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. It's just ridiculous over the top if you're looking for something <laughs> like Contra, not yeah. Contra style. Contra style? What, what is that game? Yeah, Contra. Contra? The new Contra. The, new yeah, Contra. the newest one. But like better maybe. It's got that like, you know, I would hope. Yeah. I would hope better. <laughs> uh, what else did I check? I also checked uh, Killer Queen Black, which uh, is a game that was part of the Nindies Direct. This is the game that, you know, when you go into a barcade and then you're like, you look at it, it's like really bright and like everyone's having fun playing it, but like on the screen, but no one's actually playing it. And you're like, I don't understand what this game is. Do I want to play this? <laughs> like, I don't, what's going on? And, and it's it's a um, Towerfall-esque type of game where you play as there's like four different characters you play as, and it's a battle arena type of game. And it's really big in the arcades, I guess, like in tournament play. Mm -hmm. uh, I just checked it because it's out and that's awesome. So I'm not going to buy it, but cool. <laughs> well, I hope everybody checks out this list. Let us know what you think of the new format for the new releases. And with that, we get to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? Who's starting? Me? You. Okay. You. Yep. Uh, me. Okay, cool. I just talked. So let's talk some more. So I started <laughs> I started Pokemon Let's Go Eevee Edition because Amazon had it on sale for $30. And I got the game in the mail. And it wasn't even sealed. It was completely busted and had dents in it. So I returned it to Amazon. I said, Aww. give me a new one. So they got me a new one. I just started playing it on the ride. And this game is quite adorable. I guess it's been what, almost a year since it came out or so? Yeah, yep. You both own it, correct? No? Yes? I do. I don't. Yes. Oh. I played the demo, but that's it. Oh, that's right. You played the demo, Christina. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably not much further. I just got my Eevee, and this game, I mean, I guess I forgot everything about it because it's been a year. Is it just a remake of the original games? Because it is 
basically identical mm. to like red and blue. Yeah, it's it's a lot like those, but the beginning part, obviously, where you're getting Eevee instead of you know Pikachu or something. I think it's I think it's supposed to be a direct remake of Yellow. You know, because he gets Pikachu in yellow, where now you're getting Pikachu and or Eevee. But essentially, it's it's all red, blue, yellow. It's all the same sort of game. But yeah, it's it's almost almost identical, I think. Yeah, I picked it. There's some there's some key elements because of, you know, Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. So so it is Pokemon Let's Go. And when you start, you pick your name and then you pick your rival, which I put as MSR, Michael S. Rivette. <laughs> number one rival of all time. Uh, and, number one rival. And of course, you picked Pikachu because Michael's favorite Pokemon. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this game, for all intents and purposes, feels and likes Let's Go, I mean, Pokemon Go. And because you are not capturing, you're, you're, you're only capturing Pokemon and then you're battling other Pokemon. Um, fighters and and like the new pokemon everybody gets xp even when you catch pokemon so it's a little bit strange and it's also strange to play it on the switch Lite because you don't have a joy con so you tilt the you tilt the 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 switch light and you just hit a and you just throw a pokeball so it's a little bit um uneventful i I guess i could (laughs) use the touch screen if there's touch controls i don't know but so far i've caught a few pokemon i'm out there adventuring my favorite part of the whole game so far is Eevee and just adorable and rides you rides your like on your head, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my favorite part of the game so far. I, I mean, the game might be terrible, but as long as Eevee is there, um, causing Shana- and you could pet and you can like make uh, Eevee really happy mm-hmm. and feed it berries. And that's fantastic. So yeah, it's cute. And I, I, I'm not that far. I think I made it to the first town before I start something else. And I will say it's I, I'm excited to get back to it. I don't know if it'll happen before I get to the new Pokemon coming out, but it's really, really well done. I thought the art style was beautiful in it. I thought that a lot of the gameplay is, you know, pretty well done. I will say personally, I prefer handheld mode because when you play it docked, you have to use a single Joy-Con and have to throw and do all the crap that I can't stand with motion control. That's the only way to play it. You can't use the pro controller. You can't use anything else. You have to use a Joy-Con. Um, so in, for me, handheld is the preferred way of playing that game because I just won't play it docked. It just, I hate it. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting. Well, I guess you already played it on your light, so I don't, you'll have to tell us if you can switch back and forth. But um, I, I thought it was, re- I think from what I've seen, I like it. I think it's really well done. Yeah, yeah. The, dem- I- the demo was a pile of turds, oh. but... <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i yeah. i i don't i don't know if it's bad it's just it kind of j- just dumps you in you don't really know what's going on yeah that's a problem it's just not it's not a good demo that's all yeah like, exactly some games have really great demos which i'll talk about in a little bit when it's my turn but pokemon let's go not a good demo i don't recommend playing the demo for anyone yeah just yeah. buy it for 30 dollars. that's what i say uh or wait for sword and shield <laughs> but i feel like they're going to be completely different games yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sword and Shield is going to be a core game. This definitely wasn't a core game. Um, you know, it's a hybrid. It's it, it's meant to bring people in or throw back to the, like the nostalgia of of Yellow and get those Pokemon Go players a little more familiar with Pokemon, the core game, so that in theory, when this core game comes out next month, you've got now you've got Pokemon Go and Pokemon fans ready to jump on it. Mm gotta collect them all i'm in uh well let me give you my little switch light update so switch light's been going really well been playing it i can 
confirm all of the details that uh, Christina and I had talked about of owning two Switches, Nintendo also put out a news article in the news feed of the app telling you the scenario of if it's a primary console, if it's a secondary console, all these things. Here's the gist of it. Your primary console that you mark as primary, which you can go back and forth on, um, can play any game at any time, no matter what. So if it was downloaded, anything like that, it doesn't matter. Secondary consoles, they, if you have a downloaded title, you have to have internet connection to play it. You have to have internet connection to play it. Because what it does, it does a license check, and it also verifies that somebody else is not playing it. So if I was playing Untitled Goose Game on one console, regardless of whatever the console was, and I boot up on the other one, it will do a check to make sure that I am not playing it on the other console. So uh, that, that's how that works. That said, um, the cloud save synchronization pretty much works as expected um, back and forth. The downside of the online check is that I'm on an airplane most of the time and I don't have internet and that kind of sucks. So I can't really play anything, including demos. Demos don't work if you're not online. Oh my goodness. Now that's an issue that they need to solve. But uh, an update here, because I am of the vein of buying physical cartridges, those work no matter what, online or offline, because it's the cartridge. You can't have it on multiple consoles. So one win for physical cartridges, you put it in and Mm. out of any console, it works no matter (laughs) what. Take that, Michael. Boom. Um, (laughs) That is true. Yeah. So that's the update. And that's really cool. And that's how I'm playing Pokemon or anything like that. And uh, on the flip side of that, since I have a bunch of physical cartridges and I'm traveling a lot, that Tom Tuck Slim case, which I got and talked about, uh, which is only $18. They sent us some. It is absolutely fantastical. It's amazing. The new strap on, it's really good. We talked about the old ones are super good. This one's super good. The one downside of it is that it can hold eight cartridges, but the little, like, band casing that keeps them in it's just a little bit too shallow i always feel like the games are going to pop out they don't but they just feel a little shallow so that's the only thing on there but it's still a great case highly recommended we'll put a link into the show notes if you need a case for your switch Lite, 20 bucks you got to get it and with that michael and i have both been playing mario kart tour me myself michael and christina went on a threat i went on a i don't think you have ever seen me um, tweet or not even tweet and tweet. I just messaged both of you so frantically. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys want to give an uh, <laughs> uh, update? Uh, have your minds changed at all on Mario Kart tour? Uh, no, not really. I mean, so last week when we discussed Mario Kart, I think the majority of what we discussed was N- Nintendo's pricing model regarding, regarding Mario Kart tour and Mott's texted us just furiously with his his thoughts he was so upset he was so hurt that we didn't absolutely love mario kart um but you know i have been playing it like you said and and uh as a game itself i think it's fine it's a it's a fine enjoyable pick it up for a couple do a little tour uh i don't love the controls i'm not gonna lie i don't love the controls i think it's a little weird and but in general, it's just so well done. I do believe that they did a great job making this game, but I still think Nintendo, is it's a strike and a miss with the way they price. I just don't agree with the way they're pricing for this. 
we will see, you know, time will tell. People on mobile seem to be more prone to it be accepting of gotcha style games and paying just kind of these weird subscription fees. But for me personally, I do not agree with it. I think it could have been done better and more creatively and had a still, you know, people, developers deserve to make money, but I don't agree with the way they are doing it. Yeah, I, I, um, so here's, here is kind of my, what I said in the text message thread is I'm not mad that, that, either of you don't like it or do like it. Christina, are you even playing the game or do you skip it? I was just going to say that my opinion doesn't really carry much weight because after we had our conversation, I think I just realized that mobile games aren't for me (laughs) just overall in general. Um, But based on what I've heard about the way the pricing is, I don't agree with it, but I don't think Nintendo, any of the games Nintendo's put out or a lot of mobile games in general, I don't agree with how they've been pricing things. So I'm just negative Nancy no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that's kind of what I said yeah. in the text messages throughout. I said, yeah, it's, a, of course, unfortunate timing that everyone is shoving this into the um, into the Apple Arcade and the Google Play Pass. But you, you have to this could be any other game that came out at any other time on any other system with these styles of game. It could have been a free game on the Nintendo Switch with this style. Right. It doesn't matter. So you have to kind of take it at that that. And at the point that. Apple, Google, they take their 30% off the top. And um, I'm not agreeing with every single thing that they do in the game. I think that what happened is Nintendo tried some things. And the in the mobile area, which I agree, I am not a mobile gamer myself. I, I don't like mm-hmm. microtransactions. I'm not a fan of subscription services in games. But I understand mm-hmm. why they exist. Because it's an industry in which I work in, which is mobile application development, and the industry and the consumers have driven the prices to zero. They expect free. And you can't mm-hmm. spend millions upon millions of dollars making a game, marketing a game, promoting a game, and then not make money off it some way. And sure. And we all agree with that, I believe. And there's ways of yeah. doing that. And I think that for me, uh, I, I don't mind any of the the there's a few different microtransactions that you can buy rubies and stuff. That seems fine. I think the biggest thing that people had was the gold pass. And Michael and I both started our gold pass trial. And Michael, what do you think? I, I don't see a reason to use it, to be honest with you. And I, and I, maybe I've gotten to a point where I, I have put significant time into Mario Kart tour. I will say that I am probably, I don't know, 10 maybe 15 cups or tours into the game. So I have a lot of time invested into it because I want to see where the paywall is. That was my main goal. And I will say, I believe I'm there. I'm at a point where um, it's very difficult. I can, in fact, I cannot move forward until I can get more points, which gets me more stars, which unlocks the next cup or tour or whatever it's called. And the way I'm doing that is I have to f- get a car or a, a glider or a driver that bumps my points up, that allows me to have an advantage in that race that will get me more points so that I can get more stars. And I think that's the point I'm at. Now, I I won't be spending any money on this game. So I'm basically going to see 
can I grind and still get where I need to be? But as far as the gold pass goes, I'm not entirely sure what I'm getting by being a part of it. I, I I know that there's another level of challenges, which gives you like this gold badge when you do one of them, which I don't need or care about. And I'm not even sure if I've get, gotten drivers or anything from it. I know I have one gold colored car, which I assume is only you can only get it by having the gold pass but other than that i at the moment don't see a value in the gold pass yeah so um you get a few things so when you start it you get some gifts so i do have some gold badges i have the gold mm-hmm. squid thing on there you get the 200 cc which by the way i tried to play it's nearly impossible to play it's garbage it's too fast <laughs> it's so hard it's so hard. and maybe that's why it's under a paywall <laughs> Yeah, maybe. But it's also interesting because I was thinking, okay, that gives you the unfair advantage by being behind that paywall. No. You get more points, but you don't. No. The the 150cc and the 200cc gives you the same amount of points if you race in them. So you, in theory, don't need to race in the 200cc and it's not fun. It's not even fun. It's really hard. It's not fun. No, no. And, and I agree. The one thing that I do like that I somehow missed out on is I wasn't sure if you need to have a gold pass to do all of the challenges but i realized that when i was doing the gold pass trial i got a lot more challenges there's like tour one tour two gold challenges standard challenges i love the challenges that's my new favorite thing me too the best thing it feels like Fortnite, right and you know yeah it's the best part of it is the challenge so more challenges that's all i need i have also invested significant amount of time into this game uh and i'm not I also don't feel like I need the gold pass. I also don't feel like I need um, to buy rubies so far. I, I, no. I am I am currently on the baby Mario Cup. That is where I am at. Okay. And I Have- was excited that I was beating you this week with four hours left. And now you are crushing me. But again, that, <laughs> that is that is one where I will say. You need to unlock all this stuff to have the best player and upgrade. You can upgrade your cart and do all this. There's upgrading and there's all these things. There's a lot in there. And is that pay to win? I I don't know. I mean, I unlocked a lot of stuff. I I guess you could. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's pay to win. It's pay to progress almost, Mm. right? Because we're not winning against anybody. But we're we're also, like, like I said, I need, let me see. I'm at the, I don't know, New York. I'm at the Dry Bowser Cup. And I cannot get into the Metal Mario Cup until I get 10 more stars. And unfortunately, I'm unable to do that right now because I don't have the right combination of driver, glider, and cart. So that's where I'm starting to get into this point where it's like, okay, I see what they're doing here now. Now, at some point, I need to either spend my money, my coins, or my my rubies, or whatever they're called, which I haven't... I've used only one. I did one single... Um, what was it like the pipe blast i got a duplicate i had like three cars and i got a duplicate of one of the cars i'm like (laughs) oh you gotta be kidding me so i haven't done it since so i've i've just been saving those uh but i you know i'm just kind of playing and i'm just trying to pick it up and enjoy it for what it is and not feel the need to spend money but it's funny you mentioned fortnite because i honestly feel like the uh the the what was it called in fortnite the battle pass Mm -hmm. Would have been a nicer, like a better model for this because it would have given you 
nothing behind paywall just give me the whole game but maybe there's a cool outfit of mario that doesn't have different specs there's somebody else in there that has the same specs but just a different style or a different character or different stuff where you pay you know that subscription for every you know however long it's 10 weeks but you also are earning in-game currency that allows you to pay for the next one if you want i like that i love that they do that with Fortnite because you literally pay once. And if you play enough, you don't ever pay real money again. And I think this could have had that same feel to it. I love the challenges. I, I think the racing is a lot of fun, except for 200. Um, but in general, I just, it'll be, the time will tell, you know, I'm not a gotcha pay mechanic person. I just don't like it. Yeah, I I, I go back and forth on this one. Of course, this podcast is longer because it, this is our official Mario Kart Tour review at this point. Um, and, and, you know, it's hard because there's a lot of other things like coins. I don't even know what to do with them, right? Do I do this coin rush? Have you done a coin rush? Should I do a coin rush? I have not done a coin rush. I, I think there's value in the coin rush. I will say that the coins in general, I go into the store and look for, because that's in-game currency, you earn that in the game. Um I look for the deals on the drivers and I'll use my in-game, my coins to buy those. Yep. Because that's the that's the main way to do it. That's the best thing to do with Just that. Just got a baby peach. Boom. Oh, there you go. Wow. Yeah, yep. So so things like that I didn't even realize right so that that's a good thing and i get a lot of coins i have two thousand coins right now and that can get me just yeah. about everything and i didn't pay for those or didn't do anything and you'll get there faster if you have the gold pass Ooh, i just got a challenge oh i just bought something wow amazing see and this is <laughs> and, wow i got a ruby too so this is like you know the thing is like instant gratification like i just did something it happened and, and the challenges are super good now you're a few cups ahead of me so i'll see when i get there i've been trying to shoot for five stars on everything and it's hard me too when you don't have the drivers yeah it is and and i i so so if you're new to this or like in christina's case that you haven't played it when you race you can get up to five stars based on how well you score in the game and obviously things that contribute Mm -hmm. to that score are how well you race like how well you perform in the race but the main thing is sort of how you start with the driver, the cart, and the glider. So if you have the better specs or the the driver, cart, and glider that's built for that race, you start with a higher score and then you get more stars. So if you get through the race, if you finish it, you get finished. And it's maybe two stars, three stars, whatever. If you complete it, you've managed to get a high enough score to get all five stars. And I have up to all five stars uh for quite a few of them but at this point it's very very difficult to get enough stars which again is leading to me not being able to continue racing in the cups because i can't it's not unlocked i can't get past it so i have to go way back and try to grind now and get hopefully either the right driver which is costing me money or coins Mm -hmm. or just race so many times that i get lucky and get the right combination of items and jumps and all of that stuff that i can inch up and get unlock stars basically yeah i'll be curious once i get to where your level is to see how i feel because i feel like i'm never having an issue getting and unlocking the next thing like i'm currently on the baby mario and i haven't even done the last two and i just need two stars to get the next one so yeah it ramped up uh, pretty quick i see like it was very gradual it was like oh this is a blast i'm having a lot of fun and then all of a sudden it was like oh i got two stars that time i got three stars and you'll notice that your star count to get five keeps going up so at first it's like five grand now i think i'm in about 6700 7000 which 
is very rare to get without the right combination. Yeah, I like that. I mean, and tomorrow, so when we put out this podcast, it will be a brand new tour. So I'm excited to see how that changes things. So yeah, me too. And, you know, I finished Mo. I haven't finished. That's the thing is I wish I started the gold thing earlier to get the challenges going. I feel like a dummy, but then I'll have all of it for the next tour. So we'll kind of see how that goes. And you get the dailies, you get all the stuff and you just have to open the app, right? That's all you got to do. So yeah. Um, anyways, I give just it collect eight out of 10. <laughs> all right. On our on our actual rating scale out of five, I give it right now a 3.5 oh, nice. out of five. Now, this could go up. This could go down. But I really don't want to get a, a, too much of an official until we get our multiplayer. What, until that unlocks. What we can officially say is that if you were mad that you couldn't play 200cc and is behind a paywall, be glad. It's not worth it's it. It's not worth it because it's garbage. Yeah, you're not missing anything. <laughs> Do not feel like you need and that. And in fact, it's not when good. I play 200cc in normal Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I am also garbage. You know who's very good? <laughs> so it's consistent. Yeah. It, it, they nailed it. They nailed it. it. I'm very good. <laughs> you know who's really good is our gun friend Luke. Luke um oh, is yeah. amazing he came over to my house played mario kart he was like are you even playing like are you just sitting at the standing line because i am crushing it over <laughs> here um <laughs> embarrassing he's like doing laps around me i was like this isn't fun anymore oh, so. boy. In, reverse. in reverse he was driving backwards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyways that is my update i am sorry that we went so long but this is going to be an hour and a half podcast people buckle in literally because the tour has already begun I'm going to run through these very, very No, quick. don't. So, run to take your time. <laughs> so I am currently playing Puzzle Quest, The Legend Returns. This is basically the original Match 3 RPG. Um, and it's, it's very, very cool. Now, a little while back, we discussed Gems of War. And if you happen to play that, which was free with in-game purchases, um, then you know exactly how to play puzzle quest it's the game it's like the exact same game now gems of war does something a little different you're collecting cards and using those cards to battle and it's a three like match three is the battle you know field where puzzle quest is more you pick a character and it can be like a rogue or a warrior or a paladin whatever and those change your specs so maybe if you pick the paladin yellow matching yellow gives you more things and you have different attacks and it's kind of cool. I, I haven't played it enough yet to give a good review on it yet, but I will be writing something up for this. I'm enjoying it. I liked gems of war when I was playing that I like this as well. And it's a little bit more story driven from what I've gathered so far. Uh, it does show it's, it's, it's a, it's a remaster, but it, it shows its age in just the overall look of the game. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's not as polished maybe as Gems of War seems to have been, but it is still fun. It is still pretty cute and just endearing and just a wonderful game. So I'm enjoying what I'm playing so far. Uh, I did play and finish Forager, I guess. <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no win case with Forager. You kind of just, if you run out of uh, like achievements or anything like that, you're, you're just done. I guess there's no like you final boss. There's no anything. So I'm, I'm done. Uh, I'm going to write a full review on that as well. I will say that I really enjoyed it overall, but the last third or the last quarter of the game kind of turned me off a little bit because it does sort of just, you get to a point where there's not a whole lot left to do. You Your character gets pretty powerful, and it sort of seems like this was a great idea, great concept, ran, 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 and then the guy kind of just 
the developer just ran out of steam with where he wanted it to go almost. And it just kind of like fizzles out. And I wish there was some sort of end to it where you felt like you did a final puzzle or you, you, I don't know, you fought a boss and cleansed the world that you're in. I don't know. It just, it's missing something. And then the last thing that I played was I fired up my time at Porsche because the end of last month, there was an update and they have all kinds of new things. They were working on the performance issues and the loading times and all of that stuff. Voice voiceover now. So I went in and fired it up and... It seems to be better. I I don't know. I know that we need to get Christina's take because she has a lot more time on it. But for me, it seems to be playing better. And uh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I haven't been able to fire up my time in Porsche yet um, ever since the most recent update because I haven't. So I haven't played with this most recent one yet. And I actually didn't even have it on my radar because after being like so burnt out over giving my time in Porsche so many chances, I just stopped following it completely. Um, so yeah, I didn't even know about it until you mentioned it to me a couple days, Michael. So that's definitely something I want to give another chance. Yeah, I yeah, I would. I didn't even know that it updated. Like I thought that when yeah. you, Christina, got the last update, that it was that. Update. You guys need to compare version numbers. <laughs> Because maybe I definitely I definitely don't have this most recent version. They every update they've come out with, they've said that they've improved loading times and performance. Yeah. And each time we I personally have not noticed. So maybe this is the time they finally got it right. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I do want to say one other thing, though, because you were talking about Gems of War and Puzzle Quest and. I was excited for Gems of War because I loved Puzzle Quest. Like, I loved it on my DS. Oh, funny. Big fan. And I thought that it was from the same developer because they look literally identical in nature, right? <laughs> Am I wrong? They look identical. No, they, they look identical. It just looks like Gems of War is a more polished version of so it. So I had to just do some digging right now. And Gems of War, which came out a long time ago, apparently, is not by the same developer. However, it is by Steve Faulkner, who was the creator of Warlords, in which Puzzle Quest was in the same like story of. And he was also the founder of Infinite Interactive, which helped create the original Puzzle Quest. However, Gems of War was not developed by that company, and it is by Infinity Plus Two, not to be confused with infinite interactive geez come on people wow Uh, so that's why they look very similar but i was a fan of the puzzle quest series i thought it was great um in general uh, and it came out a long time long long time ago in 2007 um for that puzzle mechanic but yeah this is a a a remake uh, in general so very crazy i didn't even really realize that so uh anyways there you go. Yeah, and it, and to be fact, I remember working at I think I think I was still working at GameStop at the time when this came out, and like we sold out of it like immediately, just like we couldn't get it. Hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, and and I was I'm reading here on the Wikipedia page like they sold out completely of the forty thousand units that they shipped in the first week, so it was just gone. And and wow. and Penny Arcade did like a web comic based on it, like all that. So it was like really crazy. So, anyways, there you go. So I guess I'll give you guys my update. <laughs> Um, so I downloaded the Dragon Quest 11s demo um, and probably put in like an hour, an hour and a half of that. 
Um, it's very different from any other game I've played just because I've never played anything that has the um, the the fighting mechanic in this way where it's like, uh, what Turn is it? Turn-based. Turn-based, yeah. So it's really funny because as I was like finally getting into like the battles, I just kept wanting to spam the button to like hit the little like blue Hershey kiss animal things. <laughs> um, and then I realized the type of game it was, it's so much slower and so much more relaxing than any of the other games that look like this. Um, I will say just because I have the demo, I can't go back and play like the 8-bit version or the right 8-bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. had the whole game also as 8-bit. So if you want to switch yeah. to that, but you can't in the demo. Yeah, so I can't do that in, in the demo, which kind of bumps me out a little bit. But the fact that the demo is like 10 hours long <laughs> is kind of ridiculous. And that's the whole reason I downloaded it. Um, and I'd never played any other Dragon Quest g- game before either. And I feel like so far I'm not having trouble following the story or anything like that. It's very cute. I loved the um, intro animation. It was very cute. Um, but I'm definitely going to keep playing this. I'm liking it so far. Um, Good. Yeah. And then, of course, I've been playing Link's Awakening more. I'm about, I think the last I checked, I was 16 hours in. And I just played a little bit more. Um, now, Mats, you asked me, I think it was probably two or three episodes ago, if I thought it was worth $60. And at the time, I said I would get back to you because I wasn't really sure. I didn't invest as much time in the game. And I was scared to say no. Because at that moment, I felt like I was making so much progress through the game so quickly that I was like, maybe it's worth $40. But as I've been playing more and more, it's getting a lot more difficult. I think I'm on the seventh dungeon right now. And I've gotten stuck so quickly, (laughs) so many times. And not only that, I found like cool, like hidden dungeons that apparently were in the first game because I looked them up after the fact. So I was like, this this isn't a main thing is this new but it was in the old like the original Link's awakening but i'm finding things like that and like just little hidden tidbits here and there that just make it make the game feel bigger than what i originally thought it was so to sum it up i do feel like this game is definitely worth the 60 dollars. cool nice yeah right? yeah and I'm, I'm still really enjoying it so have you had to resort to watching people on youtube or like did you do you feel like you're running into the same stuff that you did for um breath of the wild because i got further in breath of the wild i mean i bought the 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 book like i bought the huge leather bound here's how you beat this game book just to get through (laughs) i didn't even get through it so like i was like going page to page are you at that level or like what's the level No. So I will admit when I played Breath of the Wild, especially with a lot of the boss fights, I would just get so stuck and I would get so sick of dying over and over again. I would look something up. Um, There's only been a handful of times I've had to look something up. I haven't had to look up a video. It's literally I'm stuck at one specific part in a dungeon. So I look up how to crawl through this dungeon, but I scroll down to the exact part I'm at. And that's all I've needed to do. Uh, And it's usually something really stupid and simple that I should have been able to figure out with no problem. (laughs) But and I don't feel like I, I've read a few times that people keep comparing it to the original or saying things like, oh, I didn't know I could do this because I didn't play the original game. I haven't really run into that at all. Where where I where I felt like I didn't know how to progress in this game or I didn't know what to do next because I didn't play the original game or I've never played a, a Legend of Zelda game or anything like that. I don't feel like I'm hit running into a wall 
in any way in, in, in that sense. Um, but when I do get stuck, yeah, I've just looked up a quick little thing here and there just because I don't want to spend five hours trying to figure something out <laughs> just to feel stupid later. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, and then other than that, I have a question for both of you. And I, I brought it up to Michael earlier in the week, or I guess it was l- last Friday or something. I was asking about it because when I travel, I have to bring my two chargers. I have to bring my iMac charger, not my iMac, my, my MacBook charger, and I have to bring my Switch charger, of course. And I came to the realization that they were both USB-C, which I didn't realize this. <laughs> After all the times we've talked about it, I didn't realize that they were the same charger. So my question is, just because it's a pain in the butt to always unplug my charger from my dock the way I have it set up now and everything, could I use my iMac charger to charge my Switch? Or would that just cause things to explode? Um, You should, yes, be able to use any USB-C charger. That said, I just bought a secondary charger for, you know, 15, 20 bucks or whatever. And I always carry around that Mm -hmm. one. And it also charges my phone. So, um, okay. But I, um, I don't know with Nintendo products, I, I'm under this weird vein that if I don't use official things, it's just going to break everything. Uh, that said, especially after the doc stuff that we are reading about, that's what my biggest worry is. I'm going to brick it. Yeah. That's my, because of the docs, because yeah, yeah. And then I bought that secondary Amazon charger because I wanted another one. And then it stopped working on the TV. Like Nintendo updated something like, no, it doesn't work or whatever. So uh, that one's just a normal yeah. charger, I, I guess. And I used that one because it was kind of good. But now I'm just like, I threw that away, I think. And I was like, only Nintendo chargers. And I mean, I'm a Switch Lite one now. So um, I think mm-hmm. in theory you should, but I would Google it. I don't know. Michael, have you charged your Switch with anything besides the official charger? Yeah, I actually use an anchor um, like plug with an anchor USB-C cord and it charges it fine. And I plugged it into I use it on the road when I'm plugging, you know, charging it like if I'm in the car or something like that. Mm -hmm. I've never had an issue. Now, I, I don't know if your MacBook charger would work because if anybody's familiar with Apple products, you know that the the block that plugs into the outlet is pretty large. I think there's clearly stuff going on in that, and I don't know what is going on in that, but there may be something where it's looking for a certain charge or a certain current, or I don't know. I That's not obviously my area of expertise, but I would have to say there's some things going on in there, and pro- that could potentially run into an issue. I don't I don't think you would blow up or ruin the switch. <laughs> I think switch that was a docking. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a docking situation. But I will say that I have on many occasions plugged my switch in using a third party, a, a reputable but third party plug and cord mm-hmm. and it charges it just fine. Okay. Well, if there's any listeners out there that have done this or want to scream at me not to do it before I try it, <laughs> please tweet at us. <laughs> I would also Google it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a little research <laughs> too. If it I works, w- if nothing bad happens, or if something d- bad does happen, which I hope doesn't happen, I will let everybody know next week. But it was just something that I thought of and realized. And, and I, you know, if anybody else listening was wondering the same thing, I figured I'd bring it up. Yeah, what you should do is take a photo of like the two things together and say, will these two things play nice? And then tweet that out and let's see what happens. What people <laughs> <Yay> say. <or> <laughs> Oh, 
Well, there you go. One hour, 30 minutes. We did it. Thank you both for uh, indulging in my Mario Kart shenanigans. But of course, you can write <laughs> into us and tell us what you think of Mario Kart Tour or anything else. Go to NintendoDispatch.com. There's a contact button. There's a Discord button. You can hang out in our Discord chat with us or you can follow us on Twitter at Dispatch Podcast. Additionally, if you have an Alexa device... Did you know that you can get a flash briefing, which is only supposed to be five minutes, but you can get the whole podcast as a flash briefing so you can listen on your Alexa device. You can register that at NintendoDispatch.com slash Alexa. That's it. I have no idea how that works because I don't have an Alexa. And now everybody's (laughs) Alexa is going off. Hey, Alexa, play Nintendo Dispatch. And then probably I think that works. I don't know. Um, And then have fun with that. Let us know if that works. But until next time, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.